How's it going today, guys? Once again, live in the studio with another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Um, it's Friday, uh, April 13th, 2018. I'm going to watch one of my good friends, Charlie Hecht. He pitches for Georgia, for uh, GCSU. His ERA this season is 1-2-4, and he's 7-0. and So I'm expecting big things from you tonight, Charlie. I know you're going to bring the heat. Can't wait to watch you pitch, but... I don't know about y'all, man, but it was a rough day yesterday. Not really anything on sports or with sports wise to watch. I don't have MLB Network where I'm at, so I couldn't watch the Red Sox Yankees. It's pretty hurt, but unfortunately, there wasn't any fights like we've had the last couple days. I'm going to get to those fights later on in the show and touch on them. But right now, let's start with a topic that's been deep on my mind, and that's does Kevin Durant need to grow up and is he acting ridiculous right now? And my answer to that is absolutely so. To put this all in perspective for y'all, there was the Kevin Durant who said to his mom, you're the real MVP after winning the MVP trophy, but that Kevin Durant's no more. Ever since he's won this championship, quite frankly, he's just been an asshole to everyone, and he claims it's the real him, and he's always talking smack to people. We saw where he made that fake Twitter account, trying to tweet about how that people kept psychoanalyzing him and how he talked about it, too, with that Bill Simmons podcast. I mean... If you're KD and you're this good at basketball, you just need to not care what other people think about you like LeBron does. LeBron could literally care less, and that's what makes him so much better. I don't understand why KD wants everyone to like him. It's almost like when he went to the Warriors that he's like Anakin from Star Wars where he loses his conscience and he or like Anakin goes to the dark side, he loses his conscience and he just does whatever he wants to and he's evil and that's kind of how Kevin Durant is now. I mean, Kevin Durant had only been injected two times in his career coming into this season. Now he's been injected five times and he has 14 techs. I mean, he's just acting absolutely absurd. This is almost like Rasheed Wallace and Rasheed Wallace is one of the biggest net cases to ever play in the league, which is pretty absurd. I mean, you don't see LeBron getting ejected every single game. And he can't lead his team either without Steph. Now, I really regard KD as the second best player in the league, but this kind of changes my mentality of him. If you can't lead a team by yourself, it's pretty pathetic. I mean, I never thought I'd see the Warriors in this era, regardless of if one of those four stars plays or not, lose to a team by 40 points. Yet it happened the other other night to the Jazz. I mean, they got killed. KD looks like he's uninterested out there almost without Steph out there. Now, you could say they get bored with the regular season and they can just flip a switch when they get in the playoffs, but... I personally am going to disagree with that. I mean, I don't think necessarily you can flip a switch like that, but they're lucky because the Spurs don't really have the players to beat them in this first round. I mean, they really can't win without their star players all being on the floor. This roster is built around these four star players and kind of Iguodala, but Iguodala's having the worst season of his career, and he's a little banged up too. But, I mean, they need to have – have uh, Steph on the floor if they expect to go deep in the playoffs. He's pretty much the heart and soul of their team. Like I said earlier when I saw him play, um, I mean, Steph, like, he needs no space to get that jump shot off, and he stretches the floor so well for him, and it's proven that he means a lot more than that now. In a longer series like this, I definitely think that KD can do some stuff that can help them spread the floor and stuff. But on top of that, I think that Steve Kerr will come up with a kind of an offensive game plan after seeing how the other games are played and really come up with something to make Kevin Durant fit in and to help the rest of the team uh, go well in the playoffs now. They're lucky they got the Spurs and not the Thunder because the Thunder would have knocked them out in the first round. But... We'll see what happens here. I mean, I think Durant needs to grow up, though. He needs to stop being like, oh, this is the real me. He needs to stop cursing and stuff. He needs to be a good example for everyone. I mean, I don't care what people say, but as an athlete, people look up to you, and you need to be a good example and role model for people, and getting ejected all the time is not a good example and role model for people. So, I mean, KD, you need to grow up a little bit, whether this is the real you or not, and stop acting like this. 
So looking forward to these uh, playoff matchups like we talked about yesterday. I'm really excited for them. We talked about uh, we gave a little more analysis in them. So today I just want to go over some underrated player matchups. And my first underrated player matchup comes out of the 4-5 game with the Jazz and Thunder is Rudy Gobert versus Steven Adams. Both of these players are really good defensive centers, which people don't realize. They do a lot on the rebounds. They block. I mean, they don't necessarily block a lot of shots, but they change a lot of shots, and they both have really good uh, def- uh, defensive win share and like defensive ratios and all that stuff. But I think it's a really good matchup. Both players are pretty much the similar player for their team. Both are extremely underrated, and this is one of the most underrated matchups in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, these two guys are going to be going at it, and they're going to play the biggest role for their team, whether people think that Paul George or Melo do. Personally, I think that Steven Adams plays a bigger role than Melo does. That's just me. I think that his defense and stuff is a lot more underrated than people think it is, so I'm looking forward to watching that matchup. Next, from the uh, 1-8 game, we have the Wizards versus the Raptors in the East, and I think Lowry versus DeRozan and, or Lowry and DeRozan versus Beal and Wall is a great matchup too. I mean, that's just two teams that have two really good all-star point guard, shooting guard, and both these guys are all these guys are probably going to be guarding each other as well. I mean, these players play a lot similar. Like DeRozan is a heavy offensive player. Same thing with Beal. Beal can shoot the three ball a little bit better, and then Wall though and Lowry aren't as similar. Wall is more of a defensive guy and passer. Lowry's more of a shooter. I mean, Lowry really struggles though in the playoffs. So the Raptors are going to need him to bolster a heavy offensive workload, and I think this. These two matchups of these guards will be fun to watch, and they'll really they'll have a huge impact on the outcome of these games. So good matchup there. Next we have the three six with the seventy uh, sixers versus the Heat once again in the East, and I have Embiid versus Whiteside is another underrated one. Both these centers excellent players. We obviously know Embiid is one of the best offensive centers in the game. He can put it on the floor. He can bust one in your face. I mean, he's going to dunk on you. He can rebound. He can do everything. Whiteside can rebound. His paint play is amazing. He's a great shot blocker. Whiteside's just a freak athlete and a freak of nature. So, I mean, this is a good matchup right here with these two guys. They're going to be trying to shut each other down. I'm really excited to watch it. Then and my last underrated matchup is Harden versus Jimmy Butler for the Rockets uh Timberwolves that's 1 versus 8 and it's a good matchup because Butler said he could lock Harden up after the first game Harden got hurt about 20 after playing about 26 minutes only had 10 points one of his worst games of the season and I'm going to say this Butler he got a little overconfident because after that he busted him for 34 31 and 34 again so I think that Harden's going to come to Butler again, and Butler's going to run that mouth a little bit, and he's going to bust him up one more time. So I can't wait to watch it happen. I'm excited to see it happen. These are going to be some great first-round matchups. I mean, could it just hurry up and happen quicker? I don't know if I can go another night without my sports, man. So can't wait to watch the NBA playoffs on Saturday morning, and I'm sure y'all can't either, so tune in. Now, another topic that was brought to my attention this week that I really never thought about but I'm a big, big fan of is the MLB intentional walk rule. So now, I understand that it saves pitchers' arms where they just let them go to first base if they say they want to intentionally walk the player. But if you think about it, it's all about having the game good for the fans. And what the MLB has done is done what they can to speed the game up for the fans. And if I'm somebody paying to go to a baseball game, I don't want to watch Bryce Harper get walked four times a game or Chris Bryant or Rizzo or Otani or whoever I'm there to watch that day. I don't want to watch them get walked four times, which I completely understand. I mean, we've seen the NFL change the rules to make it more fun for the fans by making it where you can't touch wide receivers downfield or... 
or the NBA throwing in their defensive three seconds to make it harder to play defense in a higher scoring game for the fans to watch. So why not change the rule where you get three intentional walks a game and after using those three intentional walks, if you intentionally walk someone else, then they automatically get to go to second base. Now, people can just be like, oh, well, you can just pitch all balls to them and throw them all out of the zone. Well, if you throw four, st- so if you throw four straight balls, the runner should automatically get to go to second base. So you pretty much have to throw at least one strike in there and give them something to hit, which I think makes it a lot more exciting to play. And it's all about the fans. I mean, we're the ones who pay for the game. We're the ones who bring all the money to the industry. So... Give us what we want to see. I don't want to see Bryce Harper walk four times. I think it's a much better way to make the game, and it makes it a lot more fun to watch. Now, there's certain times where you're going to throw four straight balls, so, I mean, that doesn't count, obviously, but once you've used your three intentional walks, then that's when it really does count, and they get to go to second base. So, I mean, I think it personally would be a fun change-up for everything. It'd make it more fun for the fans. It'd make it more interesting, obviously, if the bases are or if there's a runners on second and third and Bryce Harper comes up and you don't want to throw him anything to hit and the next thing you know he's on second base and they get a run in so I think it'd be really fun to watch and it'd be a fun way to change the game up so I hope MLB could take that into consideration and we'll see what happens there. Now it's time for guys for today's lightning round. So the first thing to start today's white lightning round is should Kawhi Leonard get traded to LA? And my answer for that is yes. I mean the Lakers have the piece to get him, the pieces to get him, and they have a lot to give the Spurs in return. They can send them a combo, basically two of these players, Kuz, Zoe, Ingram, or Ingram is in Brandon Ingram, not as in uh, Andre Ingram, and Julius Randle. So I mean, pretty much getting any two of those guys is two young players that have a lot of potential, and you're getting Kawhi, who's obviously a top five to ten player in the league and that's an absolute stud so I personally think it's a pretty fair trade that's a player with a ton of potential I mean Julius Randle guy who brings a lot of energy to the floor and on top of that I mean Kuz we've seen what he can do he's an absolute beast in the second round I think he has tons of potential I mean Zoe everybody loves Zoe Zoe's got tons of potential too Brandon Ingram a guy could be like the next Kevin Durant so I mean you're getting two really high potential players in return I think you gotta pull the trigger if you're the Spurs that's probably the best trade you're gonna get uh next up Jerry Jones and Dez are meeting this morning to discuss his future in Dallas personally I think with them signing Alan Hearns and Deontay Thompson and they already paid all that money to Terrence Williams I think they're gonna I don't know necessarily if they'll go out and get a younger receiver in the draft, but I think unless Dez is willing to rework his contract with him on Dez, I would not be willing to do that, and I don't think he will be willing to do that. So I think Dez will probably be on his way out of Dallas. I don't really have a specific landing spot for him, possibly San Francisco. I mean, I've been saying every free agent wide receiver should go to San Francisco, so I'm waiting on one of these big names. Dez and Jimmy G, I think, would be a nasty combo. And the last thing I wanted to talk about, something that – really really excited me was those Red Sox Yankees brawls two days ago and I just think that it brought a lot of excitement back to the best rivalry in sports and like I've been telling you all week it's the best rivalry in sports got to keep your eye out for it it reminded me kind of a couple years back when that or actually a lot of years back back when Pedro Martinez was uh playing for the Red Sox and they played the Yankees in the playoffs and George Zimmer ran at uh Pedro Martinez after the he had hit one of the Yankees players with a pitch and then they turned around and threw at Manny Ramirez the 
benches cleared, and Zimmer ran after Pedro, and Pedro grabbed him by the head when he lowered when he lowered and tried to tackle him and threw him on the ground. He didn't even touch Pedro. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in sports. But, you know, it brought that kind of excitement back to the rivalry, and I think it's going to make make this rivalry a lot more fun to watch all season. I don't know about y'all, but that's like primetime TV for me now is Yankees-Red Sox. It always has been, but it's even more so, so it's going to force me to watch those games. But real excited for them, but I don't really have a what to watch for tonight or anything, but... I'm excited to watch my buddy pitch tonight. I'm excited to watch the NBA playoffs tomorrow. I hope y'all are as excited as I am to watch the NBA playoffs. And hope y'all have a good rest of your week. I'll talk to y'all again Monday. Have lots of good playoff stuff for y'all. I hope y'all enjoyed this week's episodes. And we got tons of good stuff coming for y'all next week. So tune back in.